What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. It's a game club podcast, for those of you who don't know, where we uh, we sit down and we um, bring a old game back to life, revitalized, if you will. Um, games that we have played before, games that we haven't played, things that we may have missed, stuff like that. And, um, yeah got a special episode for us, uh, this series, I should say. Uh, this is it's been a- incubating for almost a month now. It has. <laughs> We've been talking about it for a while. <laughs> it's been on our list for a long time. Uh, but, um, yeah, uh, episode uh, 24.0, I should mention. Um, but, yeah, well, tonight I do have with me Matt. Hello, friends. And special guest, returning special guest, uh, Dave Hello. And so, yeah, we're playing the 2008 game Alone in the Dark. It was um, created and developed by Eden Games, which is a subsidiary of Atari and published by Atari itself. And what you may not know is is that Eden Games um, hasn't made a game uh, since no, I take that back. They did create Test Drive Unlimited Two, and they seem to have made a lot of racing games. They did, yeah. V Rally, V Rally Two, Need for Speed, Porsche Unleashed, V Rally Three, Kaya Dark Lineage, Typhus Mega Compet. What the fuck? Maybe that's how this game wound up with so many driving segments. They were like, "All right, we can we can kind of lean on our strong points a little bit for these pieces." If you want to call those strong points, <laughs> I, I mean, relative to the rest of it, they might be. <laughs> this is true, but yeah, Alone in the Dark came out in two thousand eight, originally for the uh, the Wii, the PC, and the Xbox three hundred and sixty, and later on was released on the PlayStation three. I want to say about a year later. I could be completely wrong on that. Um, no, it was later on that year. Uh, November of 2008 was when the PlayStation 3 came out. And uh, June 20th of 2008 was when the... Uh, now, is the PS3 version the only one that has the subtitle of Inferno? Correct. Yes. 
But what's interesting? What uh, what are you guys playing on? I'm, I'm we're all I think we're all playing on PS3. Okay, so yeah, it's yep. the only place that it says Inferno is on the cover. Like even the title screen still just says Alone in the Dark. They they didn't bother to change anything other than the cover art. Well, see, the only big difference between it, and and there really is no difference between the Inferno version and the other versions. Um, basically what it was, was that they had a big problem with the game being very buggy originally when it launched. Um, and people really didn't like the control scheme. Um, so they changed it up a little bit and uh, uh, released a patch for, I think, the 360 version as well as the PC version. Um, obviously, they couldn't do the PS2 or Wii versions, but um, they released a patch that that kind of revamped the controls a little bit and added a few different things, and then they just threw it into the PlayStation 3 version um, and then released it. So uh, it the, the, the biggest change I remember, because I played on the 360 originally, so that, that's part of my history. I was going to my history with the game. I played this game when it first came out, um, I, I got it from Gamefly, no less. Um, and I, I really don't know what really compelled me to play this. In fact, I think it was probably Ken, um, back whenever I used to just listen to the N4G podcast. He, he did review it. Did he review it? I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure he did, because when we decided to do this, I was talking to him about his memories of the game. So I, yeah. I think he, I think he reviewed it. So, um, but yeah, I picked it up because I have never played an Alone in the Dark game before. Um, I know it's a, it, a, a, I wouldn't say a huge series, but it's a relatively popular series. I mean, it's they've had what five games. This is the fifth one. Yeah, this um, is the fifth one. Yeah, because I, I, I noticed some facts were saying Alone in the Dark five. You know, so, um, and they had a couple of them. I know the first one was on the 3DO, I think, and. Um, it was one of those games that was kind of touted as one of the first survival horror games, right up there with Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like tank controls and static camera angles and stuff like that. Um, and I know they had that one on the the PS2. I think it was called the New Nightmare. I remember the yeah, title. PS1, right? I thought it was PS2. I could be wrong. I don't know. But yeah, I, I had always heard of the series, and of course, in 2005, they released a, a movie. And by they, I mean Uwe Boll released a movie with Christian Slater in it <laughs> as Edward Carnby. I did not know that. Yes. That's pretty funny. Uh, it's, it's horrible. If anybody has it ever is seen, If anybody has ever Real seen a Uwe Boll movie before, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. I was going to say, I mean, is it horrible by movie standards or horrible by Uwe Boll movie standards? Uh, those are two different things. It's about on par for a Boll movie. Okay, so it's, it's still a terrible movie. It's still a terrible, terrible movie. In fact, I fell asleep during it and then woke up at the very end. Had Tara Reid in it. and Yep. Man, how do you go wrong with Christian Slater and Tara Reid? And the guy who played Frost, I think, from Blade... If I'm not mistaken, I don't know what that guy's name is. And that may not even be the guy. I'm pretty sure it's that guy who played Frost, if anybody remembers Blade. Barely. Okay. I actually like Blade. 
I I will admit to. I actually do too. Blade. I just haven't seen it. Gotcha. You haven't seen Blade, the original. I've I've never I've never seen any of them, and my wife thinks that I'm a terrible person for it too. So wow, you got you guys aren't alone. <laughs> I I will say this: Blade One is the best out of all of them. And it's one of the very first comic book movies that came out way before the comic book movie boom. I think it came out in like 98. I was like fucking 13 when I saw that movie. It was very violent and very sexual oriented. Oh, maybe I should check it out. Yeah, fun for the whole family. But uh, so yeah, Alone in the Dark. We're going away from the, from the movies. The movie was horrible. Uh, maybe Apparently it was supposed to coincide with this game. But then they delayed it and, like, totally redid the story. Really? I did not know that. That, that. I had heard snippets that they were supposed to come out together and be related in some way. And then they just why would canned you, that idea. Why would you coincide with a Uwe Boll movie? But, yeah. But beside the point. So, yeah, I did play this game originally on the Xbox 360 whenever it first came out. And I've said it a bunch of times. And I'll say it here again. Alone in the Dark is one of the most innovative games I've ever played in my life. And I'll explain that. Because anybody who has ever picked up a controller and tried to play this game will say, wow, this is a steaming pile of shit. <laughs> and it does. It, it plays like crap. It plays like crap. It looks like crap. The voice acting is fucking horrible. The voice acting is fucking hilarious is what it is. Uh, yeah, that voice acting is is clearly so bad it's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are so many funny lines. <laughs> Basically, every time he swears, it's like, really? Yeah. It didn't seem that worked like one second ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it was almost, in that sense, it was kind of working for me because the whole game just sort of comes off as like a B-movie yeah. horror where you expect really stupid lines. So it just, you know, it kind of fits in a, in a dumb way. <laughs> Edward Carnby is the most angriest man on the fucking planet. He is just confused and pissed off. Yeah. For somebody with no memory, he's mad at a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> the first, like the first time he runs into a demon or a, a woman possessed by a demon, he's like, yeah, well go fuck yourself or some bullshit like that. And then the the whole thing with yeah, the stones. Well, fuck you. Yeah, well, fuck you. <laughs> and, then, and then the whole stones are like, here, take these stones. Fuck you and your stones. <laughs> and he has this somewhat like New York accent, like a Bronx accent. It's so weird. And he's like, and here's the thing: if you look at the cover of the game, that does not. That's not Edward Carnby. I don't know who the fuck that is on the cover. But you look at him, and then look at the guy in the game. It's looked like probably about a 30-year difference. And this is old, grizzled man who is not happy at all. He, he does look much more weathered in the game. Yeah, I don't get it. So, yeah, it's like, whoa, we can put textures on a face? Let's put as many textures as we can fit on that face. Exactly. <laughs> and give him gray hair that does wild shit during cutscenes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is about this game. I noticed it in some other games too. That's the thing. But this game has it predominantly. Every time during a cutscene, when it's when it changes camera angles, <laughs> it's like a, a gust of wind hit people because yeah. like they're fucking, they're fucking, <laughs> their jackets will fly into their hair. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. This game is ridiculous. But it's one of my favorite games <laughs> of last generation. <laughs> and I, I'll, I'll go into that because in my history with the game, I, th- I found this game very intriguing because it had done things that I have never seen before. You know, um, for its time, you know, in 2008, the lighting effects were actually pretty decent. Um, I think the environments still look fairly decent. The characters are, are pretty rough, but the environments still look pretty good in, some, in a lot of places. Yeah. Um, this is kind of the first, one of the first few games I remember having to dynamically switch in between third person and first person. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. That's my least favorite part of this game, by the way. Yeah. The game is fucking awful. I mean, it controls like ass, but it controls like ass even more in first person. With the exception of the fact that your flashlight is almost useless in a lot of ways in third person. Yeah. So you need to switch to first person to use that. So yeah. it's kind of, you're right. It's kind of fucked in that first person is not the way you want to do a lot of stuff, but if you want to see stuff, you <laughs> kind of have to do that. Yeah. And it's just, it's really clunky and they try to, but they, they try to add a lot of things to it. So the, the, the big dynamic here is fire. And in fact, I, I distinctly remember Ken talking about this on the podcast Whenever it first came out, I was just, you know, like I said, I was just a listener back then. And uh, he said, this game should be called Alone in the Fire instead of Alone in the Dark. And so it's, it, it, there's this whole thing of you can only kill enemies using fire. You know, that's how you officially kill them. You can knock them out for a while by like hitting them with a table or a chair or something. But uh, in, in order to kill them completely, you have to use fire. And they have some pretty interesting ways on how you use fire in this game. Yep. So um, I I found that pretty innovative. But the the thing that got me the most was the presentation. I I think this this game is very well presented, or it tries to be. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there were a bunch of games that came out trying to do this episodic nature that didn't really pull it off in the way that like an episodic game – is now thought of, like with the Telltale games, yeah. where you actually get one episode a month or one, every couple of months. Like To me, that's a real episodic game. But this game is like structured like an episode episodic game, but you get all those episodes at once. This, so it does the previously, yeah. previously on Alone in the Dark. And I think that stuff is really, really well done. Yeah, it's, it's really it, – like each chapter, so there's eight – and they even call them episodes. There's eight episodes in all in this entire game. And each section has sequences. If you go into the menu, you can straight up just fast forward through stuff. You can skip to different sequences. And I've, I've always explained it as you basically have a DVD box set of Alone in the Dark. You, you put in the disc and you can watch episode one. Or you can skip through that episode to get to a certain part. Or you can just skip the episode completely. Yeah, that was that was one of the weirdest things because a lot of the time when I start a game, you know, if there's a chapter select or something like that, I'll hit that just to see if it, you know, gives some clue as to how long the game is. Right. You know, on, on some games like they're grayed out boxes, but you can see how many of them there are and all that. Yeah. I mean, you pop in alone in the dark and you can jump straight to chapter eight and just start playing. <laughs> yeah. The game's just like, well, man, whatever, you know, it's fuck our story. Just play whatever you want. Yeah. I don't really know why you'd want to do that, but it is weird since you don't level up or anything or 
really upgrade anything, I mean, you wouldn't really have a problem just jumping into the last chapter, although you wouldn't have had many hours to battle the controls to kind of figure out how to deal with them. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, I, just, I mean, I thought that was so... I, I don't remember any other game, you know, like story-based game, where you can just skip to wherever the hell in the game you want, you know, I without ass- unlocking it. I assume they... Would they still show you a previously on? I don't know. If you just skipped immediately to Chapter 8? Would I they show so. you the first seven chapters worth of abbreviated I, I, story? I feel like I tried that real quick, just to, like, right at the beginning. I was like, oh, let's see what happens if I hit Chapter 3. And it started to do the previously on, and I just canceled out of it. Huh. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that happened. That's really cool, then. It's, yeah. you know, because, I mean, it's, it, you know, it's like whenever you... Watch the latest episode of I don't know The Walking Dead, and always previously on The Walking Dead, and it shows scenes of the last episode and even gameplay moments of it and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's if, to me that kind of blew me away because in 2008 there had never been a game like that before. I was like, wow, also, this is like a television real, show. It would be real cool if you wanted to show a friend apart. Yeah, and you're like, oh, you got to look at this awesome, you know, this this really cool thing because this game is. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, hands down, like it's a great setting. There are good set pieces. So if you wanted to show that off, it's kind of cool that you can get like the two minute primer. Like here's everything that went up to this scene. And and I mean it's it's nice because obviously you know we had kind of a weird situation here, but it's like when I go back to play the second half of this game, I haven't touched it in over two weeks. So I'm kind of leaning on that previously on to remind me what the hell I was doing <laughs> when I stopped at the end of chapter four. Well, um, the, uh, the in, you know trying to classify this game, uh, it's one of the harder ones because I mean it could be part first person shooter, it could be part action game. I mean this is essentially the the epitome of a, a an adventure game. Yeah, I would call it more of an adventure game than a survival horror game, but it—I mean, it—it it does have a multiple elements in it for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, yeah, more adventure. It kind of fails the survival horror thing because I've never had an issue with ammo. Like I've always just had a ton of bullets. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, are. You, I'm you usually always maxed are. out. Also. Yeah, you yeah. always are. You can shoot every damn thing. But shooting does absolutely nothing. Except for the little, little, like spider things. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you still, you know, once you take a guy down, you still have to set him on fire or something like that if you really want to get rid of him. Yeah. So, if you, I do want to go over a few more features because I don't want to explain them while we're going through the story parts. So, as as we said, you have to use fire to kill things permanently. Well, there's multiple ways you can do that. One of them being, you know, you find a, a, I guess they're bottles of liquor. I didn't think liquor was that flammable. Oh, the glass bottles? Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. You sure about that? If if it's high enough proof, it is. Yeah, yeah, right around 151. So so everything's golden grain in this game? (laughs) It's, yeah, it's it's a lot of Bacardi and Everclear. But, um... (laughs) So uh, yeah, you can you, you find a bunch of bottles of of alcohol or gasoline, whatever they are, um, and you can combine things. So that's another one of the innovative things that I hadn't seen before. Is kind of like a dynamic inventory system, where yeah. 
your inventory is basically you hit down on the D-pad and he looks down and he opens up his jacket and he has different slots where he can keep stuff. Um, and originally, and this is one of the differences, but I found that it still doesn't work exactly. The 360 version before the patch, that was real time. When you look down into your jacket, shit was still attacking you and hitting you. Yeah, that's not cool when sometimes you have to combine three or four different things together. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's still the case. Well, in, yeah. s- in some instances. I think what they did was, was kind of made the enemies not aggro to you as much. Yeah. Or at least they wouldn't hit you, which means when I look back up, oh, good, I'm surrounded by enemies. But I don't think you get hit by them. Yeah, I, I noticed that they were there and they were moving, but I wasn't getting hit when I was making bombs. And I did you, Dave? I feel like I got hit a couple of times, but yeah, I, I think you're right. Where it's it's almost like you know time doesn't stop, but it maybe slows down a little bit. You know, there yeah. th- there's some kind of weird dynamic around it because you're right. You know, you can you do not take nearly as much damage as you would think you would. Yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely took some hits while I was trying to, uh, to put stuff together. Yeah. The, 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 yeah, the, before the patch, I mean like the, the big dudes could like ragdoll you while you were in your inventory and it'd take you out of it. And you know, you'd have to hit the X button to get up real fast and shit like that. So, um, that is one thing that they changed in the patch. Unfortunately, I'm kind of blanking on other things that they changed. But yeah, so anyway, we how we kill things with fire. Molotov cocktail, classic fire-based weapon. Uh, you know, you, you, and you have to combine things. So you, when you look down into your inventory, you have to get a handkerchief or some type of cloth to put into the the bottle. You combine it together. You have a lighter, light it, throw it. Uh, instant Molotov cocktail. Uh, and but there's other things that you can combine. Uh, and it, there's endless amounts of combinations, it seems like, um, which is related to one of the trophies, is combining every single thing in the game. Um, but there's other things that you can combine. So some enemies are attracted to light. So you could put a glow stick. You could tape a glow stick to an explosive container and throw it away, and the enemies will kind of run toward it. And then you can shoot it with your gun and it explodes and kills them. Uh, but they, they they do have this really cool dynamic where you can just take a bottle that has explosive material in it and just throw it in the air and it time kind of slows down while it's falling and you can shoot with the gun in the air so you can make kind of like an instant bomb. Yeah, those are pretty cool. That's how I mainly kill things. Yeah, I, I like the and I I think it's neat that they differentiate between glass and plastic bottles. Yeah, you know, whereas you throw a glass a bottle, you get the Molotov cocktail effect where. You know, it, it basically, you know, spreads fire everywhere. But a plastic bottle, you can just throw and kind of stick to something, and it doesn't do anything until you shoot it, and it has more of an explosion yeah. type effect. See, I really like making the little flamethrowers. So using uh, using a spray and the lighter? Yep. Those Which were... is funny because I did that the other day in my apartment with some banaca. I wasn't sure if banaca had a high enough alcohol content. It most certainly does. It makes a hell of a fireball. <laughs> okay. Useful information. Why did you make that again, Matt? 
that was the extent of it. I saw like it. I saw it in a video it. game. <laughs> no, it was right before I started playing actually. Um, but Banaka kind of has an alcoholic taste to it, and I just wondered. I'm like, if I make a spray out of it, is that enough to make a like? To, will it set on fire? And yes, it most certainly does. <laughs> I've always been tense. afraid. I've always been afraid that the spray will go back into the bottle and make the bottle explode, <laughs> like while it's on fire. Yeah. So I'm like, no, I kind of want my hands. So. I mean, anything with like a, like a, like a like a pop top there where you press it and it shoots out the spray. I don't think it, it it doesn't keep a continuous stream long enough to really go back in. Right. For most normal things like hairspray or banaca or I don't know whatever else you would use. So, but it's fun in the game and in real life. Yeah. And in in college, we set our porch on fire with WD forty and a lighter. Oh Jesus! That shit's highly flammable. <laughs> yeah, turns out it is. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but uh, th- so that's another way you can take like some type of spray like. Um, one of them is kind of like WD-40. It's like a rust spray. Um, yeah. And uh, you can also... Uh, healing sprays. Is uh, That's... That's, like that's why I, I mean, those are clearly my favorite items because it's healing and it's also my main of- offensive weapon. I usually hang on to one of those just because I need healing a lot. I should probably start doing that. <laughs> um, and that's another thing about this dynamic is the dynamic healing where you have a healing spray and you have to go over your body and spray the different wounds that you have. Um, and apparently he regenerates his jacket too because yeah. those, those holes <laughs> fill up after a while. So... Um, <laughs> like, I should be, like, almost completely naked by now. <laughs> yeah, if I've been through enough explosions but I should not have any clothes left. Um, and if you take a certain amount of damage, you start bleeding out and you have a timer that goes off. Um, I've had that happen a couple of times because I didn't, I forgot that, um, I had lit my Molotov cocktail and just kept holding it. And then it exploded (laughs) and I ragdolled and says, Oh, you're bleeding now. Yeah. And then you got to bandage it up. Yeah. You got to bandage it up. And, uh, so, so there's multiple things. Oh, there's, there's one other thing that I forgot this. That's both the most ridiculous dynamic in the game as well as the one I use a ton you can take flammable liquid whether it be gasoline or high octane liquor pour it onto your bullets and have fire bullets yep how ridiculous my I, I love that my only complaint about it is you basically do it to the bullets in your gun yeah. And not any amount of bullets in your inventory. Yeah, you can't so combine like, it with a box, can you? I haven't no. tried it, but it you would be much to easier. Do it for every clip. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's kind of annoying, especially whenever I'm like, oh, I better reload. And I reload and I reloaded non fire bullets. Yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> so um but yeah, but so, yeah there, there are a lot of cool ways to use fire in this game. Yeah. And uh, you know, aside from the combat I really like the way it spreads, like if you set a door on fire, the oh, way yeah. it, it kind of like burns through the door, then it falls to pieces, and those pieces are on the on the ground, and if there's other wood next to it, the fire will spread to that. And I think that does a, a fairly good job, considering that was eight years ago. 
This is true. It, is it, it does a very good job. I, I'm curious because I know Far Cry 2 had that dynamic fire as well. And I'm trying. I, I think Far Cry 2 is a little newer than that. So. Yeah, well, I mean, right now I'm playing through Tomb Raider, and there's a lot of fire in that. And I don't even think that fire seems as realistic because of how quickly everything burns. Right. Like in this game, some you know, if there's a big pile of wood, it could take a, a minute, maybe maybe less than a minute, maybe 30, 40 seconds. Yeah. Which, I mean, obviously is still faster than it would occur in real life, but in Tomb Raider, that, that shit burns in like two seconds. Well, the other thing is, is like, <laughs> I take a uh, some WD-40 and a lighter and go, and it lights, <laughs> and it fucking starts a blaze. So I'm just like, okay, that's not realistic, but okay. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so going into the, the story, and I say story in air quotes. Um, you wake up and there you're in this room with guys, a bunch of guys in black. I mean, everybody wears fucking black in this game except for Edward. And they're in the midst of talking about some kind of conspiracy, you know, obviously conspiracy stuff. And there's another man laying in the bed next to you who is also beat up all the hell. And uh, these guys obviously are bad guys, and they they have ordered them to kill the main character, Edward, which is you. And they're wanting to take you up to the roof for some reason to kill him. And uh, on your way there, the the building kind of goes under siege from these fissures. Uh, it's like... um. These fissures will start like kind of creeping up the wall and going down into the you know on the floor and then up on the ceiling and what happens is it grabs somebody and takes them down into I don't know hell and essentially kills them and that's how Edward escapes he's able to get away from a guy who gets pulled in by a fissure and we don't know what the hell that is. Yeah, it's just that this building is going to shit. Yeah, this building is is very quickly falling up to pieces from these fissures. Um, and eventually we run into a woman who has got fissures on her body. Um, obviously very demonic. Uh, she kills a guy. Edward kind of just stands there and is like, <laughs> hey, what are you doing? And... She starts babbling on about something about destiny, and it's like you, you, you're one of us kind of deal, or you were one of us, and what yeah. is what is yours is ours, and that's where we get the wonderful line of "Well, fuck you too." <laughs> so, because well, he's got that big scar on his face. Yeah, he does. It, it's, it, he's got scars all over his face. Yeah, it's it's like a he, he has a healed fissure. Yeah, or fissure. So how how you pronounce that? Fisher. Fisher. I'm Fisher, saying Fisher. Yeah. Fisher, like a like a kingfisher. Yeah. Like a yeah, the kingfisher. Um. So this first chapter is basically just it's that introduction plus kind of getting you used to the dynamics. So they're gonna put you in a room with that one woman. You're gonna have to kill her. Well, the first thing they tell you to do is to pick up a chair. Holy hell, that was awkward the first time I did it. Yeah. The way you have to lock on to somebody, and then you're, like, manipulating the object in real time, swinging it forward and backward and side to side. Like, 
the thing is, you don't really lock on to the person. You kind of just you have the camera lock on directly behind Edward, and so you you can still completely miss by swinging. You know, because you're not locked onto the person, you're just lo- you're kind of just locked into that one camera. Yeah. And so you use the right stick to kind of like you know, if you move it right, he kind of like you know rears it back right, and then you swing it forward, or you can do an overhead kind of deal. And a lot of that stuff is very awkward. It, yeah, I on on larger enemies, it's not so bad just because you've got more area to work with. Yeah. But like when you have smaller enemies on the ground, that's just fucking impossible. Yeah. I just had a door that I was trying to bash open with a shovel. And after five minutes, I just gave up and threw a bomb at the door. I'm like, fuck this. I cannot manipulate this shovel into the door without hitting like the stone around the door. Yeah. There's there's a few parts. There's a part later on with a sword that took me like a fucking minute to do. I was like, you gotta be fucking shitting me. So it was just, it's a, we haven't got to that yet, and I don't want to spoil it because Dave hasn't got there yet. Well, oh great. Um, and I, I this was I think this was in the building. It, it's not specific to any one part, but there there is this happened to me at least once where. You know, I'm holding an axe and then, you know, I walk and there's a cutscene, and there's a fissure and like a guy pops out and the cutscene ends and I'm not holding the axe anymore. Yeah. Like yeah. I have just decided to drop it <laughs> whenever there's a cutscene, you just drop whatever's in your hand. So like even if you die and you go back in someplace like, all right, I know this guy's coming. It doesn't matter because <laughs> you'll drop whatever you're holding. <laughs> It also doesn't matter if you wanted to be in first person, because no. <laughs> when you get done with that cutscene, you're in third person. Yeah. It's, I don't give a shit what you wanted to set up and get something arranged in one hand and start looking in the area that you know he's going to be. Nope. It's going to reset you to third person and yeah. mess up my whole strategy. Yeah, it's like you thought you were planning, huh? Yeah, no. Not just that, but there is another thing that gets on my nerves constantly. So I'll go into my inventory. I want to get an explosive bottle. I want to do the whole throw it in the air and shoot it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I equip it. I come back. I aim the camera to where all the enemies are because obviously I got I to see them in order to throw it. Edward's not facing that way. When I hit the aim button, yeah, the camera changes to behind Edward and not facing the enemies that I want to throw at. Yeah, I had a lot of issues like that. That gets on my fucking nerves. So I'm just like, okay, I got to get the camera. I got to position Edward. It's one of those games where you don't use the camera. So, so it's hard to explain this, but if you see, if you do it for yourself, you, you, you begin to understand it. So there's games out there where basically the right stick controls the camera, but it's basically controlling your character's head where – you're basically if I if I want to turn left while I'm walking forward, I move the right stick and the camera turns and the character turns with it. Okay? Yeah. But there's other games like Alone in the Dark where the camera, the right stick, it just controls the camera. It does not control the character. <laughs> so it's like I turn the camera right and he's still running the way he was supposed to be running the originally. And I'm just like, no, I, I want to I want to move with the camera. It doesn't move with the camera. 
There's other games like that that get on my nerves. Resident Evil 6 is another one of those that does that. Mm-hmm. Why there's so many times, and that's why there's an option in Resident Evil 6 that I think was, was patched in whenever they did that patch, was when you hit the aim button, do you want to aim where the camera's facing or where your character's facing? Yeah. I, Along I those same lines. Often. Oh, yeah. I was and, just going to say, I don't, I don't sorry. <laughs> I don't remember whether it was pre or post patch. Yeah, I can't remember either. But so, so at least Capcom understands this yeah. can get on people's nerves. <laughs> Let's give Along them the option. Along those same lines, though, it's crazy how, again, like you mentioned, you're not actually locked onto a character when you're like trying to melee them with a chair or a fire extinguisher. Yeah. So during those parts, the right stick controls both the camera and the item that you're using? Is that... Because uh, I, I had some weirdness where I was trying to manipulate it, and instead of like moving my item, my whole camera turned. Uh, yeah, I, I ran into that a couple of times. Because you're not too. locked onto that person, so you can move the camera and the item at the same time using one stick. That's... I, I haven't... I mean, I can't distinctly remember that but i mean for most for most most of the time whenever i'm ready to hit something or ram something with an item i'm usually already positioned my camera where i exactly want it so it's like one of those perfect scenarios and if something moves then well i'm fucked i gotta i gotta readjust every fucking thing again yeah i had that happen a few times so the f- the first chapter is basically trying to get away from get a- get out of this building. You're you're obviously very high up, um, and I, I, I'd say at least the twentieth floor somewhere around there. Twenty fourth, I think. One, one of the one of the the fourth sequence of the first chapter is called the twenty fourth floor. Okay. So, um, and we're trying to escape while this building is is freaking coming apart. So, like literally, there's there's parts where you'll go into a room and Almost Uncharted esque, if people remember that part in Uncharted Two, where the the, the building's kind of falling. Yeah. Um, the yeah, the, the floor just goes out from under you or something. Yeah, and, and like you have to like kind of lean in with the building and run up it kind of deal. Uh, that, that they kind of do that in this, and there's multiple times where you're hanging on to something and kind of scaling the outside of the building. Um, but needless to say. Uh, after all that, we eventually run in, run back into the building, and uh, go to. This is actually in the second chapter because the first chapter ends whenever we run into the demon woman. And yeah, it's kinda, it's big revelation being that you were in her position before. Yeah. Um. So, um, we we eventually run into, run back inside to in inside the building. Uh, go to the elevator where we meet the other guy who was being held captive with us. And uh, there's the the main bad guy. I, I say the main bad guy. Uh, the, one of the, one of the the big bad guys of the game, um, kind of holding a gun on him. And they, we don't know where they're going, but they're talking and stuff like that. And uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Crowley. I, is it Crowley? For some reason. He's not a priest, is he? For some reason, I think he's a priest. He, he yeah, he comes off as as vaguely religious in in some way. And he, I, and he wears that 
fucking black coat that looks like a priest coat. Maybe yeah. that's what it is, because I don't remember exactly why, but I'm, I know what you're getting at. Like, yeah. yeah, I had that same feel. He, yeah. he comes off as like a priest because he's wearing all black. He wears the coat that looks like a priest's coat. I don't know what that's called. Um, but he doesn't have the white collar thing. So I'm like, okay, I don't know what this guy is. But anyway, he knows the main character, which he says his, his name's Edward. Edward Carnby. Um, which, let's go ahead and say, Edward Carnby is the protagonist of, I think, all the Alone in the Dark games. Except for a weird spin-off one, I believe. Okay. Um, and the, the the difference is, and I think they actually try and tie this together. Yeah. Um, the original Alone in the Dark took place in like the 1920s. Yep. Had kind of a Cthulhu uh, vibe going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was a paranormal investigator uh, who was uh, kind of like uh, investigating this almost haunted house kind of deal. But it was also ran by a cult. At one time. Um, so th- that's the first game. Uh, so. Um, we, they eventually escape. Um, and him. Edward and Crawley. Get. Uh, try begin to uh, their escape of the building itself. Um, by going through the, uh, the kind of like the parking garage. Well, the, the good guy is Theophile. Right. Yeah, I thought. Um, I thought like, it's like the bad guy that's Crowley. There you go. Well, what's Theophile Paddington? Paddington. Okay, yeah, I've got Paddington in my notes. I didn't have his first name. Okay, gotcha. I couldn't remember what the fuck his name was. Yeah, I thought Theophile was kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but we we also run into a woman um, named Sarah. So I don't even know if they even mentioned her last name. The funny thing is, she looks exactly like the demon woman. Sarah Flores. Sarah Flores. The fuck's up with these names? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, she apparently they, they weren't able to model as many people as they wanted to because she looks exactly like the demon woman. So, whatever. Except she's wearing black. Everybody wears fucking black in this game. Yeah, he rescued Sarah in the elevator, right? Yeah, they. Uh, he, he he eventually went to another elevator. And had to, you know, they had to do the whole climb the rappel down, which took me forever to figure out how to jump for some reason. Well, square. Yeah, square. But I was like, I'm hitting every fucking button. Why is why is he not jumping? That I mean, that remains one of my issues with this game is that for some reason they go exactly the opposite of convention and make square the jump. And X the action button, you know, instead of doing like what every other game ever does. This is true. <laughs> it's just so awkward. So eventually we make it to the parking garage. Sarah, the not priest, and, <laughs> and Edward. And uh, we, we have to uh, take a you know, commandeer a vehicle. And there's multiple ways. And, and this is another one of those dynamics where... Vehicles are usually potentially going to have <laughs> bottles of vodka in them. <laughs> so it's like, it's like you got, you got, you can always search the dash. Yeah, there's a lot of drunks storing alcohol in the uh, glove compartment and knives and double-sided tape, um, glow sticks, 
Well, and, and everybody in this world keeps their keys above the visor. Yeah, either above the visor, in the ignition, and every once in a while you'll get one that doesn't have the keys in it. That's okay. You can hotwire a car. Immediately. Yeah. So, yeah, super – like the wires are already bare and just ready to go. But the, but the biggest thing to mention before we even leave the um, – before we finally get into the the car sequence, um, there's there's one part that's revealed of Edward walking up to a mirror and not recognizing himself, uh, which I, I want to say he says, "Who the fuck am I?" Like that. He he loves dropping f bombs. Yeah, I got your stones and fuck you. <laughs> oh, but anyway, yeah. So. <laughs> God damn, this is dialogue, man. I think even the voice actor's like, you sure you want me to say this? Yeah. So, just say it. Just say it. How it's do like, I say it more forcefully but with less emotion? That's what I'm going for. Yeah. <laughs> just put fuck in it. <laughs> just, just drop a fuck somewhere. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, he doesn't know who he is. He's, he's an amnesiac. I think we're playing a JRPG again. Yep. And um, so, yeah, we, we make our grand escape from the building itself. Um, oh, and one other thing. He didn't know where he was until he uh, – the first time he jumped out of a building on, and outside of the building. And he's like, oh, I'm in New York. They, 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 they specifically wanted us to know that. Like, like that was a big reveal. Yeah. He, he come out and he's like, New York? So it's like – he knows where he is. He knows everything except who he is. I don't know how amnesia works. <laughs> like, uh, I don't. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good question. Yeah, he's got no problem driving a car. Yeah, and... he knows how to hotwire a car. He knows where to search for keys of it. He knows how to shoot a gun. Make knows, explosives. Makes, yeah, make yeah. explosives. He knows everything you you would need to know in order to live in this world. Yeah, so I know the first three games all took place in like the twenties and thirties, right? That's what I'm 20s. guessing. I don't know. Like, and I said, then I don't know about that new nightmare, the fourth game. Okay. Maybe that, like, maybe he does have prior experience in the current. I don't know the current age, the current decade. I don't know when that when any of them take place. All I know yeah. is the first one took place in the twenties. So, um, so we begin the the car sequence. Uh, you have to get out of the, the parking deck first, or I guess parking garage. And um, there's, I don't know, I know these guys made Test Drive Unlimited and Unlimited 2. Unlimited 1 was a pretty fun game. Um, this game, driving is ass. And the cars just, I mean, you can ram the shit out of a car and it does almost no damage. But then, but then later on, when you bump into anything, I have I now have no hood, I have no uh, trunk, I have no 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 nothing. It's like I'm driving a shell of a car. So we we eventually make it into New York City proper. We we make it out into the streets, and we come up to a sequence that in 2008 I was like, wow, this is really cool. Yeah, that 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 amazed me when I first played this game. And now I'm like. What are these blocks falling down? <laughs> these low res blocks. So, uh, but yeah, there, there's there, there's a, a a relatively 
cool chase scene, or not really a chase scene, just an escape scene where the the entire fucking city is like just going into shambles. Like, yeah, you're basically driving through the apocalypse. Yeah, you're driving through a bunch of earthquakes. The roads are crumbling and buildings are falling. You're driving through fucking buildings. It's it's crazy. Um, all to the and I have to mention this all to the awesome soundtrack. That's one thing I love about this game is the soundtrack. Um, <laughs> there's one other thing that is kind of like a little quirk of the game that uh, I find kind of stupid. Anytime you make try to do a jump, attempt to jump, it doesn't matter if it's like one foot oh. off the ground. <laughs> it has to go to like a dynamic camera in slow-mo. <laughs> Yeah, and they get the action shot. Yeah, they get the action shot, and they usually do the the whole choir going. You know, it's like it's like some kind of massive moment. And And then you don't make the jump. Then I don't just crash. Yeah, then I don't fucking make the jump. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) So stupid. But man, I look good doing it. Hell yeah! Like I I can see like (laughs) what would take me like two seconds to jump. It's like me 30 minutes of – not 30 30 seconds of me watching this and saying, yeah, I didn't make it. I don't think I made it. Not, yeah, I didn't make it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, great. Reloading that last checkpoint. So it's <laughs> – I don't know why they do that. But they, they, there's a really good one where you, you basically jump into Central Park um, and <laughs> fucking flip the fucking car. Flip the car multiple times. And then everybody just kind of crawls out and like, Fuck. That sucked, <laughs> you know. <laughs> nobody is like, "Are you okay?" No, nobody cares. <laughs> it's like, wow, that that was bad. Just get some super spray. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to go get some medical spray. Um, so <laughs> then then spray up that broken bone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't get it. There's, there's multiple games that have medical spray. <laughs> Does this exist anywhere in the world? Like, in real life, is there such thing as a medical spray? I mean, I guess you don't want it to get infected. So I antibacterial? an antibiotic spray, yeah. <laughs> I, okay. I don't think that does much for a broken leg. Well, this is true. I mean, I, I, he is regenerating his skin and sinew <laughs> when he sprays himself with this stuff. It's impressive. Yes. I need me some of that. I'd be fucking invincible. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. So we, we make it to Central Park, and we get out, and we have another one of those big cutscenes. And you can obviously tell it's one of those you no know, you know kind of cliffhanger cutscenes where it's going to end the chapter. And the I'm just going to call him the is it theophile 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 the non priest guy gives Edward the stones that's on a um. On a necklace, kind of. He's like, here, take these. They don't have much power anymore, but they'll still protect you. And he's like, I don't want these. Fuck you and your stones. Um, (laughs) And so, and the whole time, Edward's just like, what the fuck is going on? You know, he doesn't, he's he's like a confused, pissed off, wounded animal. (laughs) That's being cornered. (laughs) Uh, So, and so Sarah's freaking out. She doesn't know what the fuck's going on. And the the non-priest guy takes a gun and says, we don't have much time. They're going to come for me. Meet me at room 904. And then shoots himself in the fucking head. <laughs> and so the first time I played this game, I was like, what? <laughs> 
you want me to meet you somewhere, but you shot yourself in the head. And then it cuts the fucking credits. They do, they do the credits, and they're like, oh, end of chapter. I'm like, okay, what the fuck is this game talking about? And that was the end of chapter two. Two, yeah. Yeah, two. And chapter three is us. Wait, did he find out his past yet, or is that in three? It's in three, whenever he gets wounded. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, because three starts with him trying to get to the ambulance and ends with him in the ambulance. Yes. So uh, after that, we we get the you know previously on low in the dark priest guy shot himself. What's going on? Uh, and he's bleeding. So yes, he was hurt, injured during the the car accident. But he's like, ah, oh, whatever. Um, but then she's like, no, for real, you're you're gonna die. <laughs> so <laughs> she's like, there's an ambulance up on this cliff. So you give her a boost up. She says, I'm gonna try and go get help. Well. You don't have enough time to, 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 to wait for them, so you need to go find something to patch yourself up. So we go to kind of like a, I guess like a public bathroom in Central Park. Yeah, um, it looks like it. Uh, the, um, so I, I have to mention this, and I don't know if anybody's ever seen this movie before. Every time I think of Central Park, and every time I play this, while I'm playing this game in Central Park, I always think of a, a Tommy Lee Jones movie called The Park is Mine. Anybody ever heard of that? Nope. Can't help you there. Imagine Rambo if it took place in Central Park and it was Tommy Lee Jones. I would do that movie. All right. Uh, I watch that. But it's not as exciting. I don't know. It's weird. For some reason, like... It was one of those movies like when I was a teenager, it'd come on at like one o'clock in the morning on a Saturday morning and I was 17, so I couldn't do anything. So I would watch it and I'm like, this movie's bad. And it's like, but continue to watch it. So, uh, but anyway, anyway, a funny little anecdote. Uh, so we we have to go into the the bathroom and we had this is where we start searching for things we search for uh, this is the beginning and the in the kind of the tutorial of of searching for ingredients and items to use uh first of all being a bandage we well, we find some bandages wrap our arm up real nice and tight and stop the bleeding get a nice little trophy for it you they, man they give out trophies like candy in this game yeah and, I like how uh, they're pretty goofy with their naming, too. So the bat things that you fight in this area uh-huh. are called vampires with a Z. Yeah. And then all of the, like, infected people are called humans with a Z. Yeah. I found that stupid. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I was like, why? Why would you do that? Like, why? Like, I don't know. It just seems so unnecessary. So... At this point was the first roadblock that I hit. And it's mainly the first roadblock because I totally forgot how to play this game. And I forgot about explosives and things like that. Mm. So I ran around this fucking area for probably about 10 minutes saying, where the fuck do I go? Because I checked every bathroom. I'm officially locked in the bathroom because the, the vampires are outside trying to get in. And I have no idea what to do now. Um, kind of find out, uh, one of the, the, the walls to the bathroom is kind of crumbling a little bit and you have to it, blow it up. 
I forgot that you had to do that stuff in this game. <laughs> so I spent 10 minutes going around all the urinals and shit and like, what, what the, where am I going? So eventually I had to look at the fact and say, oh, I was supposed to blow up this fucking wall. So begins the platforming or, <sighs> or, or climbing slash platform. I don't know what it is. So it, it's basically like if the apocalypse happened and there's a big cliff and numerous things are kind of hanging off that cliff and you have to traverse it. So you go over multiple platforms of what used to be the street and uh, roads and shit. It's, it's weird. Uh, there's also a hanging car that you have to go through, which for some reason it didn't want me to get – it let me get in the car, but then I couldn't shimmy over to the driver's side to get out the other end. And so I was like – I, I kept I did everything with the, the fucking control sticks. I was just going back and forth back. I was like, what the fuck? It won't let me go over. And then I get out of the car, then I get back in. It still wouldn't let me do it. Get out of the car again, walk around, shoot the car, do nothing, jump, nothing. I'm just like, I don't if if I I wish this was like if somebody in real life was doing what I was doing, they would think that person has lost their fucking minds. <laughs> So eventually it, it decided, oh, we're going to let him do this now. So I got back into the car, went over, and got out. Of course, the f- car falls like how it's supposed to. And uh, we do all, all that special platforming and stuff, which was kind of just monotonous and dumb and, and clunky. But I never really died, I don't think. Yeah, I didn't find it to be that hard. And again, that was another part where when I first played this game, I was like, holy crap. Like, this city is messed up. There are giant fissures going deep into the ground. Like, who knows what's down there? Yeah. And I just thought that was kind of cool to be in, like, you know, you're not on the side of a mountain. This isn't, like, an alien planet. This is the middle of New York City. And there's chaos everywhere. And I, at the time, I really liked that. Now I'm just like, all right, I'll just get through this part to get to the next part. But at the time, I was like, oh, my God, man, this is cool. This is crazy. Yeah, one thing I just I just thought of, no people. No, 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 no survivors, no people falling to their death, you know, in a game nowadays made by a more high profiled developer, like say if this was like a God of War game, while you were, while you were platforming the edge of this cliff, you would have bodies falling and people screaming and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. None of that. It's completely fucking silent. (laughs) So eventually we make it back, uh, to the top of the um, to the top of the cliff, where the ambulance is. We get a nice little cutscene with the doctor who we uh, we've talked to on the cell phone a couple of times, um, and he has this. Apparently, the internet still works. Wi-Fi. He's still getting a Wi-Fi signal because he's able to access the database. <laughs> um, and asked him what his name is because he's trying to figure out. You know, hey, you got anything? That's another thing. All right, all right. So, so let me just go ahead and say, he looks on the database. They find somebody named Edward Carnby. All right, he knows his name because only one. yeah, only one. But it can't be right because he was born in like eighteen something and disappeared in the nineteen thirties. And they're like, well, it can't be him. He's like, well, wait a minute. There's there's distinguishing features. Uh, he has a scar. On yeah. his on, right at his eye, and oh look, 
he has a scar on his eye. Oh no, it really is him. And of course, you know, Edward's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he has to say it like that. And so, and so that's and they they kind of end on the cliffhanger of, oh man, he's over a hundred years old. What's going on? And so that's the end of that chapter. But here's my thing: if what they're saying is true, if this man Edward Carnby disappeared in the 1920s and then somehow showed up in 2008 or whenever this takes place, obviously modern day. Edward knows how to use a cell phone. He knows what a cell phone is. He knows what the fucking internet is. What the fuck? For somebody who has amnesia, he knows a lot of shit. (laughs) I wanted to know why his records were in there. That's what I want to know. Who would keep records of somebody from 1800s? You know, I I like that, but I think my favorite part of that whole sequence is because that is that is where they introduce the phone as a mechanic, like you know, you calling people, you know, you getting because uh, they they basically stick like you know tips and the manual is in there somewhere, but periodically you get text messages like from the main bad guy. Yeah. Like, hey, you're totally fucked. <laughs> He's just texting you this this sinister shit. And yeah. it's like, wait, what? Really? <laughs> yeah. I want those stones. <laughs> they'll be they'll be mine eventually. I you're just, just like delaying pic- the inevitable. I just like picturing this evil guy tapping away on a Blackberry, like, <laughs> yeah, fuck you, buddy. Cackling <laughs> while he's sending an evil text message. <laughs> yeah. I want to read the text messages he sent back, like, fuck you and your stones. <laughs> you know, it's it's just, just, I got your stones crazy. right here. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Meanwhile, my parents can't figure out how to text, but this guy who hasn't been alive in 100 years can text just fine. Bingo. <laughs> Oh Jesus! So yeah, that's 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 the end of that chapter. Um, and it, I did get the trophy for calling everybody, even though two of the uh, two of the numbers are disconnected. Um, and I never used that phone again, ever, unless you know I got another stupid text message from the bad guy, and I'm just like, I, I'm not even gonna look at it. It's just him saying bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was chapter three. Three. Okay, so I have to get this off my chest. Okay. There is a section in Chapter 3. You get out of the bathroom. You're kind of, you know, climbing around all of this, you know, just broken streets and all that. And you eventually wind up in, like, the sewers, I guess. Oh, is it? Yeah, that is Chapter 3. Yeah, I forgot about that. I totally skipped over the sewers. So... There, there's this one pretty, and it's it's you know that kind of light Resident Evil puzzle solving of oh you know there's uh, there's an electrical line in the water so you know you have to find the switch box and turn it off so you can pass through and all that. There's a section where basically um, it's there's electrified water and there's you know sort of a not, not like a catwalk but you know there's a path over the water and there is a kind of a hive spitting out these small enemies. Right. So what I was doing was, you know, I was making a bomb with a plastic bottle 
And then I was getting in there, throwing it onto the hive, shooting it to blow it up. And then you can go over there. You can grab the um, electrical electrical wire, pull Mm -hmm. it out of the water. And then you can turn this valve that turns off the fire that lets you go into the next area. So, and I wound up doing this a lot because of what comes next. Yeah. Um, About half of the time, I would throw the bottle and the game would auto-target one of the enemies running around instead of the thing I had tried to throw it to. <laughs> so I would, you know, wind up with the bomb not where it needed to be. Or it would, like, get stuck to the ceiling because apparently I threw it too high. Or I would get hit by an enemy and knocked into the electrified water. <laughs> so See, I think is... it only takes one fire bullet to take out those nests. It does. And t- at, at this point, I hadn't... I hadn't figured that out yet. Oh, okay. I was like, so, that seems um, like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I'm like, oh, I, I got to use these bombs. Um, but then in the, the the next room that, you know, you've cleared now, they introduce this mechanic of basically this black goo on the floor. And it will swallow you up. But if you shine your flashlight, then, you know, it, that repels it and you can move it away. So there's there's this room that's full of this stuff and a ladder at the end. And as far as I can tell, there is no combination of you walking and shining your flashlight on the ground that will get you through this. Because either it's too far in front of you and you're parting the stuff in front of you and it circles around and gets you from behind, or the opposite happens. And I must have done this dozens, maybe a little bit high, of times, but the problem is you wind up back before the other thing every time you die, so you have to redo that. And Drew, you eventually gave me the idea of just, you know, fuck it, take a bunch of glow sticks and throw them into this room. Yeah. And even at that, like, I would get to the ladder, I would get the button prompt, I would hit X, and I'd fucking get swallowed. <laughs> and I. Th- that is the point so far where if I hadn't been playing this game for a reason, I'd have been like, okay, fuck you. I'm done. We're, interesting, we're cool. that, interesting that you mentioned it because that's exactly where I stopped playing the first time I bought this game. For good reason. Yeah. It's yeah. Terrible. I got there. I wasn't super stuck, but it, ju- it annoyed me to the point where I was going to put it down and come back to it later and just never did. So right there, probably midway through Chapter 3 is where I stopped playing the first time. It's it's so it's so stupidly hard, and it reminds me there's a there's a part a little bit before it where there's a bus that's kind of teetering, yeah, and you have to get on and like grab a body and sort of move it over to counterbalance the weight so that you can get out of the front door of the bus, and between those two areas, that's been my biggest problem with this game is I'm never unsure of what I have to do. It's just actually doing it sometimes is so hard because you're fighting against the game. You know, yeah. I'm yeah. shining my flashlight and moving this goo and I'm randomly getting swallowed from behind. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, I'm doing what yeah. I'm supposed to be doing and it's not working. That's the but honestly, that's the only time that goo or stuff is is bad. I ran into it a few other times and for some reason, it's just that area. Well, yeah, because the other times are in hallways where you just shine the flashlight and your beam is wide enough that the goo just moves back. Yeah. In this room, it's big enough that, you know, if you're walking with the flashlight in front of you, it can it will circle back around behind you. Yeah. Yeah. 
and it's uh it's terrible yeah it's really bad that and plus if you die there you, you know you just kind of just you just get sucked into the goo and then your checkpoint is you still got to go back kill the fucking hive pull the fucking electrical wire out of the water turn the valve then go through the goo again and it's only oh. like a minute and a half but it's just so fucking annoying to do that over and over again well you know or then you know like random stuff like you get bumped by an enemy and you fall in the water and get electrocuted you know the the first part is not without its irritating cheap deaths either so uh just uh, yeah that part terrible terrible combination yeah i got really pissed at that part too i totally forgot about that i that yeah i put it down for like a good two days (laughs) and then came back to it and was just i got my coffee one morning i'm like all right we're we're doing this and it took me like another 10 tries (laughs) even using the glow sticks you know because you kind of when you throw them they sort of hit and roll so when you're trying to get coverage in this room it just fuck that part all right i'm gonna go better me it took me five years to get it back to it (laughs) (laughs) well let's see here um after that chapter chapter four uh, we start making our trek around Central Park. Um, not, not too big of a of a chapter as far as stuff happening. I know that there's a boss fight uh, with the uh, the the bat the the vampires. Oh yeah, the hive. When, yeah, the hive thing. Where they um they all kind of like group together and throw shit at you, mm-hmm. um which is not that difficult. You throw like three bombs and there's bombs fucking just laying everywhere. Yeah, there's there's stuff everywhere, and that one of the one of the things that I eventually figured out with the game was making a bomb on the fly can be kind of irritating because it's like you open your coat, you go to the left, you get the tape, you go over to the right, you tape the bottle. And then you select the bottle, and then you throw it. There's so much tape. I just tape everything as soon as I get it. Yeah. <laughs> in case it needs to be taped. There you go. You know, I've got like 40 things of tape in my in my jacket. I'm never gonna run out of fucking tape. <laughs> I never. I to be honest with you, I never even worry about combining shit. Whenever I run into an enemy, I just have just bottles. I just grab a bottle, throw it, do the midair shoot, get some every time. Yeah, I do that most of the time. Yeah. It's I, easy. I got I got burned on that a couple of times where I was a little trigger happy and shot it too early. Yeah, that's <laughs> hadn't gotten there. That's a couple of times for me and it, like there was one it was during a boss that we that we you haven't got to yet. It was during a boss fight where I was using the bottle to 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 put make fire bullets and I eventually got it to where there wasn't that much liquid in the bottle. I didn't realize it, so I was like, here, suck on this, not throw it, and I shoot it, and it just goes, <laughs> and I'm like, shit, <laughs> it did nothing. <laughs> so uh, that was uh, that was kind of annoying, but, it, but at the end of that chapter, we start going through Central Park. There's a few things we have to go to. Um, we eventually say we're going to need to make it to the museum, because he, he told us that's where the room is. The room, what is it, nine 9.04? 943? 943? Uh, yeah, 943 is what I have. Uh, yeah, room 943. We're going to have to go there, and it's at the museum. So we um, we start going to the museum. 
not really that difficult. She she follows us for most of it. Um, we do have to go through a couple of areas that are where what we'll get into a little bit later called the roots of evil. And uh, the roots of evil are basically these places where uh, chaos and evil is kind of concentrated, and that's where that's where they're coming from. Is these kind of like I don't know tentacle looking root things, and you have to burn them. Um, and every time you burn one, it dies kind of completely and you obtain this thing called astral vision. Is it astral or spectral? Spectral vision. Spectral vision. Close enough. And they all sound the same. <laughs> um, they will make about as much sense as each other too. Yeah. There, there's spectral vision and, uh, you get like this, uh, percentage of, um, of how much you have. Uh, and the, the first couple of room or the first couple of, uh, uh, buildings that we have to go through have those. Um, one thing to note is that they're usually surrounded by enemies, and there, when you get close to one, the the camera or uh, like your vision gets all swimmy. Yeah, it's it it, it gets dis- disorienting a little bit. Um, it, it's that's the best thing to do. It it's like somebody splash water on the camera, and it's kind of just going back and forth. So um, that's when you know you're close to one. So you, you start looking around to try and find it. Uh, but after burning a couple of those, we have to burn those in order to make it past where we are. Uh, there was a couple other ones in the in another building, and I knew I had to burn these. So I went ahead and just ran over there and burned them. Um, and you can jump into a car. Obviously, there's a shit ton of cars in Central Park. Um, and you can drive around and stuff like that. There's, a, there's another scene where... Uh, you're in a car with Sarah. Um, she decides to come with you. She doesn't want to stay with the ambulance because she said, I'll fucking die here. And I'm thinking, well, how does the doctor feel about that? So we're in a car. The vampires come and attack the car and then lift the car up into the air. Yeah. And the whole time, this. The whole time, it was just fucking all over the place. Fuck, fuck, the fuck, the fuck, you know. They drop us, um, and we eventually make it to the museum, but the museum is actually separated by a huge fissure in the ground that we obviously can't make a jump, so we have, we're going to have to figure out another way. Um, at that point, Sarah gets kidnapped by the vampires, they fly up, grab her, and take her toward the museum. And Edward's like, I'm coming to get you. you know, it, it's weird how their relationship just kind of takes off rather quickly. Well, yeah, I mean, in the in the beginning, she does not give two shits about him. And then they get in that car accident and she's like, oh, I got to go find this ambulance. You're hurt. You need to patch yourself up. And it's all of a sudden she cares. Yeah, and there, there that one scene where they're, they're telling him, "Hey, you, Edward Carnby disappeared in the '30s, and you're like 100 years old." She's like, "There's got to be a logical explanation." She like puts her hand on his shoulder. I, I was waiting him to go like, "Get the fuck off me," you know, something <laughs> like that. But uh, so she she's slowly starting to care for him in the span of like an hour. Um, and so she gets taken away. Edward's like, "I'm coming to get you." I swear to God. So we got to figure out a way to make it across the fissure to get to the museum. And, um, this is where, uh, 
some of the, I mean, this game is kind of, is very physics based uh, in, in many ways. And uh, we're going to have to take a, I don't know what you guys call them up north, but we call them rollbacks. Um, it's basically like a wrecker uh, with a, the, the, the tail being kind of like a, 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 something that you can lean forward and you can drive a car up on. Is that what you guys call them rollbacks? Um, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what I would call that. Okay, something a, a wrecker. <laughs> that that that's that's the best thing to call it. Um, but yeah, so we we find it, and you know what's so funny? And me being the dumbass that I am, the game tells you use the wrecker. Yeah. <laughs> to, to jump the fissure. So I jump into the wrecker. And go full fucking force, trying to jump that fissure. <laughs> <laughs> and I do the whole slow motion, you know, special camera action sequence. Da, 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 and I'm like, oh, oh that no. looked awesome. It did. That record was flying through the air. And then I hit the side of the cliff and fell to my death. <laughs> and then had to start over. I had to see, uh, it was right after the cutscene. So I didn't have to see the cutscene again. Uh, but then I was like, what the fuck? And so then I was like, oh, it's a rollback. I could probably lean this thing back. I don't remember this at all from the first time I played it. Uh, so I pull it up to the edge of the cliff. And I'm like, okay, where's the, there's usually a switch or a hydraulic lift where I can, you know, I, I'm trying to imagine real world stuff. <laughs> no, I can't figure out any of this shit. And I'm like, what the fuck? And it's like, oh. There's locks on the back of it. So you guys shoot out the locks. I shoot one of them. I'm like, seriously, there's another one on the other side? Yes, there is. Shot it on the other side. It, it, all right, it finally comes back. Then I go go find a car. Well, problem is, I didn't know where the fuck a car was. I wasn't around any of them. So I had to run all the fucking way back to the top of the fucking hill, get a car, did the cinematic jump again, didn't make it again. So I had to try it again. At this point... I'm getting kind of pissed because I have to get the fucking wrecker, shoot the fucking locks again, do all that fucking shit. I'm like, my God. And I, I made it finally the second time. Did any of you guys have any of that problem? I, I missed my first jump. Okay. Yeah, I missed two because the second time I hit, like, one of the humans. Uh-huh. And it knocked me just off course. So I, like, <laughs> I almost made it. And then my car, like, flipped over. And then I fell right down into that gulp, the yeah. gulch or whatever. I don't know why I was like, let's jump it with the wrecker. I mean, the game told me use the wrecker to jump across the fissure. I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking, you know, this is not the most efficient way to jump it. Why wouldn't I get a lighter car? And I was like, ah, fuck it. They want me to use the wrecker. I don't know why I did that. I just, just straight up just went off the fucking cliff. It was so fucking stupid. I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm an idiot. So we jump it. Have not necessarily a boss fight. I'd say it's like a, it's one of those hold your ground kind of deal where there's a, there's not only enemies, but also one of those fissures that come and attack you and grab you. And you have to do the whole quick time event of grabbing hold of a, like a light post or something and trying to pull yourself out of it. 
Which are really yeah. Swinging. I actually just shot it. I got I got lucky, and one of my stray fire bullets went in the fissure as soon as I saw it. Yeah, and like it never grabbed me. It never did anything. And yeah, it, it only takes quick. one fire bullet. Yeah, to yeah. Just totally take those things out. It's crazy. Well, that that's the thing about it. Is, besides bosses, a fire bullet will pretty much kill anything. Uh, even even the humans. If you get it right in their fissure. If you get it in their fissures, it's on their body. Yeah, and some of them have two or three. Yeah, which I can almost never get it in their fissure. They're hopping around and yeah, spitting their tongue out at me, and I'm like dodging that thing. I'm usually uh, eh. what you can do is you can you know pump them with about four shots, and they'll fall down and lay there for like about twenty seconds. Yeah, that's what I usually do, and that's when I usually just say, "Okay, now you're going to die." So um, after that part, we make it inside the uh, the museum itself. And um, get the 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 nice cutscene, the 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 cliffhanger cutscene of him going into this kind of like a large area of the museum. There's this. I, I don't. It looks like flesh. It's like this fleshy sack that's kind of taken over the entire area. Ball sack. We'll just go ahead and call it the ball sack. Um, and it and inside of this this flesh mass uh, is Sarah, and she's kind of like being absorbed into it. And she's she's still alive though, because she she I think she's like saying help me or something like that. And uh, it ends with Carmby just kind of staring in awe. It would have been perfect. He said fuck, but he didn't. So. <laughs> And that's that's where we left off. That's yeah. Matt, have you 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 never finished this game, have you? Nope. Like I said, uh, the first time I played it, I made it midway through chapter three. Okay. And that's where I stopped. So now, all the rest of the game is new to me. Gotcha. All right. Well, with thoughts. I've been talking a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I want to say this game still feels like the impression that I had when I first played it, which is that this game, you know, if there is a balance between ambition and execution, this game is all ambition, and much less so on the execution part of that. And, you know, I, I respect a game that tries to do a lot of cool things, a lot of unique things, even if it doesn't quite come together. And maybe that's my own way of thinking where everything else seems to feed into that, like the awful voice acting and stuff. Like, the voice acting in this game is terrible. Right. But it does not bother me at all. I'm perfectly fine with the voice acting because, you know, the game, I guess unintentionally, but gives off that vibe pretty strongly. And partly because it's broken, but lots of games can be broken, and I would just hate them. This game is broken, but it's so ambitious that I, I still respect it. I respect what they were trying to do even when it is goofy and awkward. And that was the sense that I got the first time I played it, and that's still basically the overriding impression that I have of it midway through. I don't know much on how the story is going to play out, because like I said, I haven't finished it. Uh, but I'm I'm interested, not necessarily in the story, but just in to see what else I get to do. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm I, I'm interested to play the second half, and 
I'm hoping that with a little bit of extra time, that this will be a game that I can platinum in the extra time after I finish it. Okay. And Dave, what about you? Yeah, pretty much that. It's um, it's like a, as you're playing, it's like, wow, this would be kind of cool if I wasn't, you know, totally fighting against this game. Yeah, more to, than the enemies. To be able to do this, it really, I mean, really, it is. Um, damn it, I had a note on something. It's just there's there's weird like there are. seems like most of the puzzles in this game revolve around wires and you know trying to hotwire things so basically you don't want to get the wires totally close together you just using the right and left stick you kind of want to move them just the right distance so that they spark and something happens right and you know there's a part where you've got these two green wires and you move them together and nothing happens right and i'm like okay and it took me a while until I accidentally hit up on one of the sticks and realized I was holding multiple different colored wires. <laughs> so you can hit up and, you know, there, there's a red set and a blue set and eventually you find the one that works. But there's, you know, there's all this fairly interesting stuff that is just totally unexplained that you just kind of have to randomly figure out on your own that, you know, it, it's like while I'm playing and saying that's a neat mechanic. I'm also thinking, why didn't you bother to tell me about it? Yeah. I mean, the game does a a decent job of telling you about other stuff. They try to, at least. Some stuff it's really good about. Other stuff it just totally neglects. Yeah. I can go ahead and tell you both this. Don't get too excited about the ending. There are two two endings, though. We already know about the Lightbringer, don't we? We do know a lot about the Lightbringer, yes. And then she, you know, is it Sarah with her weird interpretation? She's like, well, this means this. And, like, Lucis means this, and Pharaoh means this, so that's Lightbringer, which means the devil. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, that's uh, that's quite a leap. <laughs> that's Lou and Sefer. Wait a minute. That means Lucifer. Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, did she say what she was? Like, she did for a living? Art dealer. Art dealer. So she knows about biblical cultist Satanist stuff. Because she's an art dealer. Mm-hmm. Okay, makes sense. Fuck it. Edward Carnby is a grizzled fucking paranormal investigator. Yeah, that's another thing. Who, what, what, what hospital keeps records of people and puts down their occupation as Paranormal investigator. <laughs> yeah. Especially when that was not a term in the 1920s. I'm sure it wasn't. Or 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 what hospital has the record that you randomly disappeared in 1930? I mean, yeah. in, short in of, Egypt, no less. Short of you having an unpaid bill, the hospital doesn't care. Yeah. That's, I don't know. That's... I, I, if you start to try and pick apart the logic of this game, it it just falls apart real real fast. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This this game has no logic at all. This yeah. is this is ridiculous. I mean, it, but it still holds true. Where I still like this game. Yeah. I Despite really all its flaws, and it has a lot of them. <laughs> oh my god, this game is halfway broken. This game is broken in many aspects, and yeah. it's ugly. 
And I don't know how you did it, Drew. I, I, if this is the fixed version, yes, <laughs> I would not have wanted to play this game before the patch or before the Inferno version. Uh, you know, I mean, this is bad as it is. If I could get the patch notes on for when they patched that, because I want to know what they changed. Because I can't remember. Like I said, I can't remember anything. Hell, I didn't even know. I, I tried to fucking jump a fucking gap with a fucking wrecker. And I was like, I can't remember any of this shit. But I don't know. It's along the dark, man. It's. I do get the cool sense like uh, the Da Vinci Code or Indiana Jones where there's like all these things that have been in place for centuries and it's like it's in our world. It's not something weird and foreign, and you know, not a lot of it has been discussed yet in the game. But you know, I, I get that sense where they're talking about there's this order and there's people who have been guarding these stones and yeah, there's whatever. That, yeah. There's, there's this history with it, and it's coming into modern day. And I don't feel like there's going to be any payoff on that, but I, I get these inklings of things that. Told, maybe told this type of story, but better. Right. Somebody, and uh, yeah, <laughs> somebody get attacked. <laughs> I, th- I think uh, I think one of the cats just knocked something off of something. Oh, okay. I don't know. I didn't hear glass breaking, so it's probably fine. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I mean, I totally get a Da Vinci Code from this. A more gritty, R-rated version. Plus with the apocalypse thrown in. But yeah, with the apocalypse thrown in. So if if if, if bad shit, it's bad, I don't know. Like they don't really get paranormal though, do they? In the Da Vinci Code. No, I I just mean more like the you know the secret history. Right, but... right. I understand. Yeah, it's 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 definitely got some Cthulhu stuff in there. Just yeah. not Cthulhu. Well, you know what? This this is the closest you'll get to a supernatural video game. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, <laughs> unless they finally make one. I, it's at this point, I'm I just have a real sort of love hate relationship with it. Where you know, one minute I'm going, oh, that's kind of cool, and the next I'm like, fuck you, I'm turning this off. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it's, I'm at. It's this game is just super hot and cold. Well, you're coming up to a boss fight that I didn't have a problem with, but Dave, you may get pissed at it. Um, I highly suggest looking at that fact that I posted um, and just going by it because it does a pretty good job. Um, Wait, which boss? Uh, the the spider looking one in the museum throws oh, the knives. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's it for Alone in the Dark, uh, this week at least. We're going to finish it up. We will be back next week um, to uh, talk about the ending and the rest of the game, burning the burning the roots of evil and stuff like that. But go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I'm curious to see what that actually does, because I know you guys are going around and burning all of them. Uh huh. I've burned the ones that I've had to, but I've not gone out of my way to do any of the others. You don't have to do them all. Yeah, I heard one of the things that they changed in the patch was decreasing the number that you have to do. Ah. I okay. believe from 75-ish to 50-ish points that you need. Oh, okay. 
and I think there's a hundred possible points that you get from burning these roots. Yeah, like, the the trophy 20, is seven roots total. Yeah, okay, that sounds that sounds about right. Um, yeah, they they they. they, they there is a point in the game where you have to burn a certain amount to get the spectral vision up to a certain amount. Um, and you can't progress until you do that. Uh, but like, like we said, Matt and I are trying to platinum this game. So we're going to burn them all to get 100%. But, um, I, we, we did get an email. I do want to mention that and read that out. Um, this email came from, uh, Ian, who is a, a fan of ours. Uh, talk to him on Twitter sometimes. Uh, it says, um, regarding what Matt and I was discussing on our last intermission about uh, RPGs that we could play. Oh, nice. Ian suggests a uh, good action RPG is Secret of Mana. I've heard the name a lot. I don't know anything about it. I don't either. Um, it's a bit dated now, but it's still fun. Uh, for a turn-based role-playing game, Chrono Cross is pretty good. There isn't a lot of there isn't a lot that is directly related to Chrono Trigger either. It has a really good battle system too. Finally, kind of an oddball choice, but Symphony of the Night is great and kind of an RPG. I'm sure you've played through that game to death, though. God, I've played that game a billion times. Uh, he, he was just saying it to everybody. Oh, that, that game's great, Matt. Are you about to tell me that you've never played Symphony of the Night? No, I've played quite a bit of it. I've never finished it, though. Okay. Oh. Uh, there, there's, there's a postscript here. Um, funny funny thing. Uh, sorry about the first submission of this. I sent this uh, from my phone, and my fat finger hits in before it was completed. I, have, I, <laughs> I actually have two emails from him. One of them is the exact same thing, except... <laughs> It says, for a turn-based strategy or turn-based RPG, Chrono Cross is pretty good. There isn't a lot a lot that is deary fly, and then that was the end of it. <laughs> and then, he, and then ten, two minutes later, he sent this one. So <laughs> I appreciate that. So you're saying the game is pretty fly? It's pretty fly for a white d- guy. D- total random aside, uh-huh. one of the things that I find so endearing about Symphony of the Night is that if you don't really dig around, you can miss half of that game. Oh, absolutely. If you don't do specific things, you will never – yeah. Oh you're, oh, you're talking about the other – yeah. Yeah, I, because um, when I – I think I when I first got it, I rented it or something, and it was like the day I had to take it back, and I finished the game, and I was like, okay, great. Oh, there were these rings that said to do something. I bet it unlocks a kick-ass weapon or something, and then you go and do that, and it's like, oh, shit. Shit, I'm only halfway through the game. This is but true. If if you don't bother to do that, you just never know. Yeah, I mean, Matt, you know the big secret to that game, right? Do I? So, you know how you can 100% a game. Uh huh. You can 200% this game. Basically, if you if you if you play the game straight, how the game kind of tells you to, you actually get a bad ending. Um, there's a specific thing that you have to do, and when you do that, you unlock the castle, except that mm-hmm. it's, it's upside down. Oh, no, I never got that far. Meaning, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's basically you can you can get to the end and kill the final boss, 
and and then you get an ending. But if you do certain things, you find the holy glasses, and if you wear them during the final boss fight, you see the thing that is controlling him, and if you kill that instead, then it's like, oh, there's this whole other version of the castle. Yeah. That's that bullshit. And... That is bullshit. That reminds me of Ghouls and Goblins, or Ghouls and Ghosts, on the Genesis. I beat that game so many times. But you get to the end boss, beat it, and then it just makes you start the whole game over. And I think you have to go through it a whole second time before you can actually finish the end boss. You do. Bullshit. I beat that game. I'm counting it. I'm saying that I beat it, even though I didn't beat it twice in a row. Well, see, the great thing is, is that with Symphony of the Night, the reverse castle, or the upside-down castle, has totally new areas. Well, kind of new areas. They're all the same areas, but they're... Upside down with different bosses. Yeah, and... there's there's totally new different bosses to do. It's basically it's, it's, another game. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a whole second game. And then that game had the weird. I don't know if you ever did it, but uh, if you if you're in the the cathedral, kind of like at the far left part of the map, and you're using the sword familiar, and you do its special move while transforming into a bat and changing screens, you actually wind up outside the castle. And you can fly around and basically fill in map uh, squares over there and wind up. I think the max is like two hundred and seven point something percent. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, yeah, that game is that game is great. That game is nuts, though. Game is yeah. super great. Yeah, all those two D Castlevania games are great. Even the ones on the DS, I highly suggest those two. Yeah, I never. I, I played some of those and enjoyed them. I never. I always felt like they were kind of chasing Symphony of the Night. Symphony, and they never quite made it. I mean, they're, they're good, but if you're only going to play one, it, it should be Symphony. This is true. I mean, Symphony of the Night's classic, but one of my high ups up there's is is Portrait of Ruin on the DS. Fucking love that game. And you don't even play as a fucking Belmont. You play as Jonathan Morris. Yeah, some of those games went. They kind of ran out of Belmonts, so they started playing you as because I think Arya of Sorrow, you're not a Belmont either. You are Soma Cruz. Yeah, that sounds right. It takes place in the 2000s, like 2012 or 2013, somewhere around in there. Or it might have been later than that because they mentioned that Dracula was killed forever by a guy named Julius Belmont. In the year 1999, and um, uh, they, they, he didn't even have his own game. <laughs> they were, they just mentioned him, and they're like, "Oh yeah, Dracula's dead." So, what are so we what doing? are we all doing here? Yeah, what are we doing in Castlevania? Actually, Soma Cruz had um, had Dracula inside of him. I can't really remember. Uh, yeah, I don't. Um, I don't remember anything about that game. He was like Dracula, like reincarnated. Well, and the the other thing is Symphony of the Night had, to me, kind of a nice level of RPG. Yeah. You you had weapons that did different things and gave you different stats and items and stuff like that, and that was about it. Some of the later ones were like, oh, you can capture souls of enemies and you can combine them with other things. And there's like a billion different combinations and it just got to be too much. Yeah. They had too many different systems at work. Order of Ecclesia. That was um, that was a very <laughs> interesting one. 
Is that the most recent one of those? The last one of those? Order of Ecclesia was the last one on the DS. And then has there... There's there... I mean, there's Mirror of Fate on the yeah. 3DS, but has there been a symphony style? I don't. The only other one would be the one on the Xbox Live Arcade. That oh, one where it's like four player. Yes, the co-op one. Yeah. Which I played a good amount of that, and it's actually kind of fun. It's like an MMO where you just keep doing the same dungeons over and over again just to get better shit and just become like a badass. And it has Jonathan Morris in it, so I was like, fuck yes, I'm playing as Jonathan Morris. <laughs> so, which Jonathan Morris is the great-grandson or the grandson of Bram Stoker's, what was his name? It was Morris. Fuck, I can't oh, remember. I, I don't know. Yeah they, sure. yeah, they started mixing up, like, Dracula lore and stuff. Like, throwing in the Morrises and stuff. I've been James Morris. I fucking can't remember. But anyway, yeah, that's Castlevania. <laughs> um, fuck. Trying to imagine if there's anything else. No, no. Uh, that was the only email. Uh, thank you, Ian, for uh, sending that email. Um, if you would like to send me more emails, I will read them on the show. It's uh, Drew at ztgd.com. You can suggest games to us. Uh, we'll keep those definitely in mind. Chrono Cross has always kind of been on my radar. I've never played Chrono Cross. Me too. I've always, I've always kept it at arm's length because I thought I had to finish Chrono Trigger first. Yeah. And I'm, From what I understand, it has almost nothing to do with it. Yeah, I, I would have no problem doing Chrono Cross then. That that's yeah. always been interesting to me. And uh, I know there was another game suggested to us by William via Twitter, saying uh, Parasite Eve. That one has been on. That's been high on my list for a long time. That's a weird one. It is weird. Um, I've never finished the game, but I have put a good amount of hours into it. Um, but yeah, uh, but if you would send us an email, you can suggest uh, games to us. Tell us what you'd like about Alone in the Dark or what you didn't like. I'm sure there will be plenty of those. <laughs> um, but yeah, Alone in the Dark. Um, it's an interesting little title, and um, I'm excited to see what you guys' thoughts are next week on it. Uh, follow us all on Twitter. Uh, I am uh, DML Fury. Uh, Matt is R- at REMGS, and Dave is at BoxDP. And um, you can follow the, the, the podcast itself at ZTGD Phoenix Down. And, um, yeah, I always post all our new episodes up there. And... Try, I circulate them very well. I try to just like, hey, you, did you miss it? Well, now you didn't. <laughs> so I, I do that stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, that's um, that's pretty much it. Uh, leave an iTunes review if you could. I greatly appreciate that. We'll read it on the show as well. I uh, haven't got a new one yet, but I know you guys are itching to give us one. Um, but yeah, I appreciate everybody listening. We're going to get out of here right now. Um but we will be back next week to finish up Alone in the Dark. And then after that, moving on to Dino Crisis with Jay. Can't wait. That's going to be a... I know you can't wait, but I <laughs> I kind of can. But I, I started that game a couple of times, got stuck in the same place both times. And 
How far? How far? How far did you make it in? Oh God, it's been so very long. I don't remember. There's been a couple of times I've tried to play that game, and I always got stuck at the T Rex. When the T Rex bashed through the window, I'm sure that's only like 15 minutes in the game. Yeah, I, I remember that. And I was like, I can't. I don't know how to get past this thing. Every time I try to run past it, it eats me. So I'm just like, fuck it. Because I, I remember the T Rex crashing through the window. Because I, when I played the game, it was it was during the time of those Budweiser "What's Up" commercials, <laughs> and that's that's what I always imagined the T Rex doing as it was crashing through the window. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we'll be back uh, next week. But until then, I am Drew, and I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll catch you guys next week with our conclusion of Alone in the Dark.